Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another edition of Gate 7 International. Uh, I will be your host for the night. I'm Kostas, uh, Kostas Llanos, Kostas with a K. Uh, you might have seen me around here at the, at the podcast quite a few times. You might have seen me thanks to my work at The Sun. You never know. I had to throw that out. Uh, first of all, uh, I'm going to ask you to kindly confirm if you can hear me well, because I got a new mic. I finally bought a new microphone, an actual an actual uh, podcast mic. So if any one of you could please confirm that they can hear me uh, loud and clear, that would be incredible in the comments section. Uh, and just as I, as I thought that uh, I was going to present this show on my own, I actually, uh, I'm actually, I'm actually going to have some help here, and well, it's one of the best people you could have in this show. Uh, it's the one and only Aris Bulubasis. Ari, how are you, my friend? What is up, Costa? What's up, everybody? Sorry for the late show tonight. Uh, schedules unfortunately didn't align how we normally would like, but we're getting the content to you however we can, whenever we can. And I was able to make it. I do apologize. I have a, my son is not feeling too well. He had a fever. So I've been dealing with that all day. And it's, everything uh, okay, I the, suppose. Yeah, he's good, man. It's just one of those things. But I'm here. Every, the situation has been settled. So love to talk to Libyakos, maybe some ethnic Yomala, whatever, whatever comes our way. Well, I mean, uh, there's a lot to uh, there's a lot to absolutely discuss right now, and I'm so glad you're here, Adi. I mean, as you know, guys, I mean, I finished work almost half an hour ago. Adi sent Costas with a C of dads. Marcial is uh, out there looking for frauds, and well, Labros is. Uh, it's been a tough few weeks for Labros right now because, well, you know, you know, the thing about Olympiacos is that. Some of us became Olympiacos fans because of this one player. Like, I became an Olympiacos fan because of Giovanni. And once in a blue moon, there's going to be a player that comes to the team that you just can't help yourself but fall in love, you know, with this player. Not, not that way, you know, as the way he inspires you on the pitch and off it. Uh, so Labros, well, things have been tough for him because uh, one of his favorite players, Ramon, has left the club. Uh, we have tried to calm him down uh, by explaining to him that it's only a season-long loan. So we're going to see him next season, I suppose. You know, maybe Ortega will be sold. Maybe Richards might return to... He will return to Nottingham Forest. But it's been a bit tough. And uh, I would urge you guys to show your love for Labros on social media. Explain to him it's only a season-long loan. And, you know, you know, Ramon could be back. And he could be back better than ever. So if you could please reach out, that would be very, very, very helpful, guys. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. And guys, um, if you haven't done so already, don't forget to smash that button. Like and subscribe. Gosta, if you already did the shout out, I do apologize. I, I did not. That. You were very quick. Oh, fantastic. fantastic. You were very prompt. <laughs> do it, guys, because the engagements help us grow the channel. This is how we find more red and white fans. This is also how we convert fans to the red and white. They see the content. They see the club. They see everybody having a good time. They want to be a part of it. So like, subscribe. Let's get moving. Let's grow this community. And then don't forget Patreon. You can support us on Patreon for everybody that wants to, everybody that 
Uh, a lot of you had messaged us before we started saying that you wanted to support, but we didn't want to accept that until we had something to give back. And we do have something to give to you now for that support if you feel so inclined to do so. Uh, there's some fun stuff coming up. Uh, early access, obviously, to scouting reports you get if you're a member of Patreon in the expanded content tier. Additionally, uh, we have some special interviews that are outside of the realm of Olympiacos. One is going to be recorded tomorrow. We are interviewing the ex-president of Huracan in Argentina, the club we bought Santiago Ese from. So we could end up with some tidbits about Hesse. We could end up with some tidbits uh, about that deal. But we are definitely going to learn about what it's like to be the president of a club. We're going to get some great insight, and we're excited to do that. Uh, that's just one interview uh, to get us started with Patreon. Plus, you get enhanced analysis if you're in an expanded content tier, patron, or above. So support us on Patreon. Get extra content uh, and check that out. Easy way to support and help us reach the next level for Gate 7 International. Costa. And we have some, and we have some very important shout-outs. Yes, we. Oh, that's right. Yes, we do. Thank you for reminding me, Costa. We have three new patrons for the show. Uh, thank you guys for your support. We have Costas Yanulis, Dennis Vidi, and Johnny Zabukas. Uh, those are our three newest patrons. Thank you for the support, and thank you for everyone uh, that has been supporting us so far. Uh, Kevin Milaras, uh, guys, where's Lambro? Is he okay? Guys, uh, we already mentioned, you know, with Ramon gone, Lambro is super upset. Uh, but no, in all seriously, guys, uh, I think Lambro's moving back to the States now. So he's in transition. He's moving. So um, in, in the meantime, you might not see as much of him until he's settled. And then, you know, he'll be back on the show. So um, we'll, uh, you know, everybody's life moves and the schedules can change. So we'll, uh, we'll continue. Uh, Chris Oxford, we need a Filipakos interview part two. The first one was top notch. Well, Peter Filipakos is a lot busy, a lot busier of a guy now. He is the uh, VP slash director of football at Calithea. He's running the show there. They're doing great stuff at that project. He he kind of told us in that first interview that something big was coming and that was it. So excited to see how he's doing. If we can get him back on the show, we 100% will. 1,000%, man. Uh, shall we uh, get the ethniki stuff uh, out of the way and then uh, concentrate with everyone's favorite red and white? Of course, of course. Well, uh, as far as the ethniki goes, Costa, we had two big matches. Um, we had uh, the unfortunate loss against the Netherlands. It was really just crushing. Uh, and it sucked because, you know, Poyet has been making a lot of these weird decisions with the roster, but he's winning, mm -hmm. right? And as long as he was winning, those mm -hmm. decisions were... Uh, what was the what was the word we kept saying? You win. Everything everything you do is um, you're proven right. You're proven right, basically. Uh, and and this was the case where you know um, it didn't work, and we knew it was coming. And he needed a big win against Gibraltar today to prove that things are still on track. And that's the one thing that you can give for Gus Poyet that was different, at the very least, from JVS and beforehand the the fact that we are beating the teams we should beat more often mm -hmm. than not way way more often than not it was comfortable we put some we put our chances away it was nice to see some new faces um and great to see masuras um getting on the score sheet as well continuing his incredible scoring form so far the last couple of weeks so definitely happy about that you want to hear a crazy stat about masuras in Go for it. 
in Greece's last three victories against Gibraltar away, against Ireland in Philadelphia and Gibraltar, Gibraltar tonight, in all of the Ethniki's last three victories across all competitions, Masuras has scored. He has scored a total of four goals in those last three victories. Uh, it's insane. And, but, 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 but you mentioned uh, Gus Poyet's selections. And not just Gus Poyet, you, you, you look at, J, at uh, John Van Schiep before him. Uh, it, uh, I, it, it's a joke, obviously, but it kind of st is starting to look like Masura is starting to play too well for the Ethniki, a little too well. He might want to slow down a bit. Because, I mean, we saw Siovas killing it with the Ethniki, and then he was dropped because of that Costas Manolas statement saying, we need Manolas in the Ethniki. Then you have Costas Fortunis, who Gaspoia doesn't want him at all, at all, because he doesn't play defense. That's the excuse, which makes you think that if Erling Holland was Greek, if Kylian Mbappé was Greek, would he not pick him up because they don't play defense? I mean... Let me put it this way. Kostas Fortunis is the best Greek player, guys. Like it or not, he is the best Greek player right now. Uh, Tasos Bakasetas is a very talented player. He's a very good player, but in no way the best Greek player. I will agree that each manager has have their own philosophy, their own ideas, but I can't understand the idea that you don't even want Kostas Fortunis on the bench just in case. You don't even want him as an impact player. Let me tell you something, guys. If Boyet brought in a player like Fortunis from the bench against the Netherlands, we could have gotten a goal. Yeah, we would have still lost. But even that one goal could have been important. Because if Greece beat the Netherlands, if they beat the Netherlands at Hagia Sophia 2-0, that goal would have been huge. It would have been, it would have been priceless for Greece. So basically now, I had a chat with um, a very well-known Greek journalist regarding Boyet's uh, selections. Uh, first of all, who, for whoever has been following my work outside of Gate 7 International with the Sun, uh, know that um, I've interviewed Gus Boye a couple of times. We had some really good chats about the Premier League and the Ethniki. He's very passionate about his job at the Ethniki. He's very passionate about getting us to the Euros, about getting success. Uh, he's here for the long haul. He's very serious about this. He's a really nice guy. I really like Gus Boye. I respect him a lot. And I admire him as a footballer, as a manager, and as a player. But I also have to be square, I have to be real with all of you. Uh, I've spoken to a Greek journalist, very well-known Greek journalist, and he told me that obviously the Fortunis thing has to do with the uh, defense. The, he doesn't defend. Uh, obviously, he retired from the Ethniki, so there's not really a lot of point. There's not really much point talking about him regarding the Ethniki. But he did retire the same day that Gus Boyet uh, announced his latest call-ups. That was the timing. Cosadellas uh, was not picked up because of a disciplinary issue. And uh, when it comes to the Vikas, he doesn't rate him. He simply doesn't rate the Vikas. Uh, I don't know what else he should have done last season other than become than finishing as uh, the top scorer at the Eredivisie with the Utrecht. Now he plays for Celta. Uh, that's, that's the same league in which Vigelis Pavlidis plays at, with Alkmaar, by the way. He scored more goals than Pavlidis, lots more. Uh, he just doesn't rate him. Uh, he, he, he prefers the likes of Fotis Ioannidis, who scored less goals than Aitor last season, even though Aitor missed half of this season by, uh, because of injury, and most of his goals were, with, uh, were, uh, were penalties. 
he just doesn't rate him. He doesn't rate Tuvikas. We're not yeah. really going to see him. And you mentioned you made some really good points about Pavlidis and Tuvikas on the chat, didn't you, Ari? Yeah. No. My. Yeah. I. I listen. A, a lot of things, and I find it hilarious because we we do a lot of like what I call stat bombs on the ethnic e about things. And there always seems to be some comments after we bring up some things that don't make sense and we put data to there. We had a whole barrage of them with Fortunis back when he missed the first call-ups. And the timing was a little hilarious uh, when the fingers were being pointed and the same stats we use were being cited, uh, not just by journalists, by multiple other individuals about those things. And Poyet comes out right after says, oh, it's, it's, the, it's the defense thing. So... They know, they see it, and his justifications the 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 justifications for me are still quite honestly with you dog shit. It, it really is the whole mess that with the ethnic e the national team the whole thing is it's a bordello. It is it, it's a bordello from top to bottom. The wins that the ethnic e gets are in spite of that, not because of it. So none of the none of the conquest, none of the victories that happen are the result of anything Epo has done. Now, Poyet, we all know who he is, who he is. He's very proud. He's going to do his thing. He has his favorites. That's it. 100%. And he's a good manager. He's a good manager, though, Gus Poyet. He's I better really than, believe dude, in him. He's better than JVS. Like, I, I accede oh. to that. I disagree with a lot of the stuff he says. But, like, look, he won Nations League, which nobody's been able to do from the outset with, Huge. with Greece, right? Huge. And mm -hmm. he has consistently beaten every team that we should be beating that's exactly it. so i give that to him and that exonerates all the other nonsense as long as he keeps winning now he doesn't win we come in third place and we don't make it through the playoffs now we ask questions but you know it's it's too early to have that conversation and we go from there uh, ghost i have one more uh data point for you to add on top of Absolutely. what you talked about with masuras so you said mm -hmm. masuras has uh Four goals in three matches for the ethnic. Three our three last victories. Our three last victories. Three last Four goals. Yoros Masuras. So, yes. So since August 31st, this is including Olympiacos in all competitions. Since August 31st, Masuras has played six games for club and country. He has six goals in six games. So Masuras, since August 31st, in the last 11 days, has been on fire. Um, so glad to see it. We need that, especially coming back from the international break. Absolutely. Uh, a, friend, a, a friend here, Paris uh, Zaf, something tells me the Zaf is Zafiriu, Zafiropoulos, something like that. What about Vajanidis? Saw the European power matches and he was something else. Yeah, absolutely. Vajanidis as well was a major omission, better than Lazarus Rota, in my mm -hmm. opinion. It just, it's just baffling because I also checked Vajanidis Pavlidis' uh, stats with the Ethniki. Do you want to guess when was the last time Pavlidis scored for Ethniki? Two years ago, a year ago. A year ago against Cyprus, uh, that's the oh, 6th of September, if I'm right. Is that the 6th of September or the 9th of June I'm looking at? Probably September against Cyprus in the Nations League 3-0 victory. And it looked like, if you watch the game, it did look like Poyet was, was a bit anxious for Pavlidis to score. Because the Greece were just destroying Gibraltar and he wanted Pavlidis to get that goal, to break that cherry. Uh, 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 break that, uh, break that streak, that goalless streak, and he couldn't get it. There is a bit of anxiousness about Pavlidis getting that score. And then you have Taxiarchis Fudas. Uh, what are the what are the alternatives? Fotis Ioannidis. We said it. Less goals than I thought last season. Taxiarchis Fudas. 
played for the MLS for how many years and all due respect for all our American and Greek Americans that we have here, the MLS is dog shit, guys. It's not a good league. It's not a competitive league. It's just a step above the Saudi Arabian League, guys. I'm sorry. But you cannot be prioritizing Yakumaikis and Fudas over the Vikas. It's insane. That is insane. I am very I am very um, very confused. I don't I can't understand how Greece can beat the big teams like the Netherlands and France without those players with the Champions League pedigree, the Europa League pedigree, the European pedigree uh, to do this. The, the players that know how to uh, to create something out of nothing, like you say, Adi. Greece don't have a single player that creates something out of nothing. And that's and that's the thing. You look look you look on the Netherlands and you're you're wondering where that's going to come from. You know, here we are, we're getting beaten like a drum. Second half, no changes, but then you look on the bench and you think who can we throw on there that will, that can actually make a difference? Who's uh who can do it? Nobody. There's no Fortuny there. Yeah. There's no there's no Duvikas there. There's nobody else. There's nobody there. And and another funny thing for me, and I brought this up. I was in a space with the uh, um, after the match against Netherlands with the Elas Fodi guys, just talking about things. For midfield, you bring Bukalakis, who hasn't played a game. He he languished in Turkey for a while. He's now in second division Germany. Second division and, Germany. Yeah. Yeah. And and my and here we go. Now he's injury prone. We know that. Galanopoulos has been playing games for Ike, and he looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Look, look, uh, Bukalak is a Libyakos asset in a way. So, like, okay, yeah, maybe you like the representation there. But still, like, for me, you, you, there's talent still to be looked at. We've seen – we know what we get from Bukalakis. Martins made it work for a while. It hasn't worked since then. And I don't know the context that it will continue to work. Move on to the next thing. Galanopoulos looks the goods. Siopis is Siopis. He, he occupies a good niche for the national team. So anyway, it's it's one of those things. Now, with respect to the MLS, the one thing I'll give Funtas was DC United were the worst team in the league last season, and he mm -hmm. was still putting up a ton of goals. He had one of the highest goal per 90 averages when joining the league. So that's one thing I will give him, regardless of the fact that I agree with you. I think the MLS for me, I can't even watch the games. It's, it's absolute dog shit for me, too. But what? Yeah, I mean, maybe that changes. There's a lot more money coming to the MLS now with the Apple deal. So they'll be able to afford to bring better players. You're already seeing a lot of players getting much higher wages coming in. They're attracting better talent out of South America now, which is drawing away from Europe. So we'll see. I think things will step up in the next few years, especially since they might be a part of uh, Libertadores soon as well. We'll see how that goes. But um, otherwise, I agree with you. And I, I still disagree completely with Duvikas. I don't understand why... Uh, why he's not a choice. And I'm going to say this as well. I, I mentioned that in the um, in our private chats. Uh, Kostas Tsimikas looks set to be awarded with a new contract at Liverpool until 2027. I mean, it sounds great, you know, a Greek player not only playing for one of the best Premier League teams, but also being rewarded uh, with a new contract. And that's that's great, you know. I mean, I love that. Not just because he played for Olympiacos, but he's a Greek player. I really like that. But it's obvious that his role is is the second left back. He's behind Andy Robertson, one of the best left backs in the world, if not the best. I've said this in my opinion. I've said this on Twitter. In my opinion, I'm, I'm against it. I think Tsimikas needs to leave Liverpool. 
not leave Liverpool, just join a good team in which you can play as a starter, whether that's in the Premier League, in Germany, in Italy. I do hope uh, Costas is not simply pending a new contract with Liverpool. I hope there's been a few chats with the uh, hierarchy and Jurgen Klopp, who we can all assume is he's going to be the man, the manager for a very long time. I can I doubt he will take he would ever like to take the Germany job right now at least. Andy Robertson is 29 and his contract runs out in 2026. So I hope there's been a chat in the region of okay, listen, uh, I did my part, I played my role, I helped the team. I never complained, but, you know, I'm not getting any younger. I am ambitious. I want to do things. I want to play a key role in this team. So I do want to take Andy's place at some point. And I do want a few guarantees about my minutes right now because, you know, we're talking four years. We're talking about him spending four more years of his life, which in football terms, that's four years for footballers could be a lifetime. So I do hope there's been a few discussions because the Ethniki is languishing because of Tsimikas' lack of minutes and lack of momentum. And it showed against the Netherlands in a match where we really needed the good Tsimikas. He was a shadow of himself. And that's because he doesn't play. He doesn't play for Liverpool. Yeah, uh, look, I agree with you. I agree with you, Costa. And I think uh, at this point, we've said everything that needs to be said really about the national team. I think it's a, a, a good time for us to go ahead and move on, um, move on over to things for Libyakos. I just started Absolutely. a poll. Uh, I just started a poll that I want you guys to go ahead and take a look at and, uh, you know, vote on the poll. We want to see what your decisions are, what your, what your opinion is so far on, on the business that's been done. And we want to know how you think our transfer business for the summer has been. And do you agree with everything? Are you happy with all the moves that are made? Because we're going to go through it. Now, technically, the deadline for Greece for transfers, uh, that will end tomorrow on Monday. And the there is a free agent window, of course, that's that'll end. I think that's the 15th, Costa. And, mm-hmm. you know, so we could still make signings. But we had a fun little interaction uh, with uh, um, uh, Carapapas. And uh, there was there was a rumor from the Athletic, uh, from out of Nottingham Forest. There was um, a, a rumor about Bianconi, a center yeah. back who can play Julian both backs. Yeah. And the Athletic said that it was pretty much a hundred percent sure that he was coming to Greece on Monday. So we saw the information, we shared the information, and then literally within fifteen minutes. Of that tweet going out, there is an Instagram story by Cosas Carapapas that pretty much that we shared also on Twitter. You can see it there that uh, pretty much business is done. And he was actually making fun of some other journalists that were saying that there were already deals done for January. And yeah, so it makes it seem seem like the business is done because he pretty much said, look, let let the team be. Let them do their work and do what needs to be done. So. I think it's safe for us to go ahead and discuss the business that's been done. And guys, don't forget to vote in that poll. And Costa, I wanted to get your thoughts on what you believe, your opinion rather, on the business that's been done. Are you happy? Can you give it a grade, like A through F? Like what would you grade our, our transfer business we put on this summer? Obviously, I mean, we were talking about this throughout the summer. It 
it took a while. It took a minute to bring in uh, to make some important signings. Uh, yes. But but well, uh, who was our best signing? I'll tell you who was our best signing. Antonio Cordon. He was the best signing by far, our MVP. I said it when we signed him on the group chat. I told you guys this is our best signing right here. The man who built Villarreal out of nothing, led them to, uh, to European glory. He led them to second place in La Liga, which is their best ever finish. Uh, he knows his stuff. Uh, Vigelis Marinakis uh, uh, has also structured this really, really well in the sense that Cordon became his undisputed number two. Everyone else was below him. Every, and, I, I, and I do mean everyone else was below him. It was Vigelis Marinakis, Antonio Cordon, everyone else. Uh, and uh, basically, uh, based on my sources, the only deal that... Well, uh, Antonio Cordon took part in all of the deals. Uh, obviously, Poden, Daniel Podense was Marinakis' signing, but Cordon was not against it. Based on what I know, he was not against it. So they let the man work. They let the man cook, as we say here at Gate 7 International. Uh, and it seems like those signings are very much in tune with what the new manager wants, Diego Martinez. Uh, the likes of Ibora, the likes of Kini, uh, they got a lot of flack when they joined. And especially the latter, Kini, proved to be an absolute necessity in the way that Diego Martinez wants to play. I mean, we could see a lot of things from this guy. He could even be our starting left back this season. He could actually, he could actually take that mantle based on what we've seen so far. Uh, I gotta say, Ari, like, obviously, Olympiacos should have the best attack in Greece. They should show, a, they, they should dominate up front. We should see that in Europe. This should show against Freiburg, uh, Batska, Topola, and, um, and West Ham. But I am worried about defense, Ari. And I do want your, I do want your opinion on this. Because, uh, Rezos has been on absolute fire. I never doubted Panos Rezos's, uh, Talent. I knew with the right uh, manager and the right preseason, he would be flying just like he did on his first stint. But he's injury prone. Yeah. So if Retsus gets injured, then what? That's it. No. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, and uh, Costa, we had that one question up from Alex Hadzis asking about how we felt feel about uh, some of the transfers from Cordon and that relationship with Marinakis. And is that something that will bring clouds over? Um, just to be just to be very specific, because Gosla just kind of touched on that already about the relationship. Right now, look, guys, we all know the reputation that Mighty Nike has. He's he's a fan. He's as much of a fan and as passionate about Libyakos as the rest of us, and he owns the club. So imagine that. And right mm -hmm. now, he is he. It's a short leash, obviously, but he is giving control to Cordon. He he realized what they did last year didn't work. And something proper needed to be done. Did it need to be done earlier? Yeah, but you know what? It got done. Nobody wanted to take the job. This guy took the job. Diego Martinez was brought in. And a lot of stuff had to get done. A lot of stuff had to get done. And there's a comment here from Aris Galamantis. For the poll, there's too many players in again and not enough permanently out. The roster is still bloated. And I understand what you're saying there. But let's compare this to what we had last year. We couldn't oh. move. Oh. shit last year we couldn't move anybody out you want to know our business last year here was our business last year we sold ruben Semedo. yeah we sold ruben Semedo. that was it 
it was either that or free transfers and players that were cut. Like, forget the guys during the season that were cut, like Marcelo, and uh, forget Vachlik being forgotten about because of Pascalakis doing well. Kenny Lala, Leonardo Kutris, uh, Chumich, um, Yanis Masuras, uh, all these guys. Like, we didn't get money for any of them. It was free transfer, free transfer, loan, 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 loan. That's all we did last year. Now, compare that to this year. We did a post about the money and all the business that was done, all the signings that went out this past year. And I have the entire list up in front of me. Over 20 million euros we made this year. We did not make a fraction of that last season. We made over 20 million euros this season. Now, that's uh, we're comparing a disaster season to a full rebuild, but still, like we moved players and we had to deal with disaster, disaster scenarios. Huang, the whole Huang situation, nobody envisioned that would happen. Nobody wanted that would ha to happen. Going into the season, he was the one player we were excited about to have during a rebuild. And that whole situation went to shit, whether it was the result of his, his agent doing whatever he did, what, whatever the case was, it doesn't matter. That was an, a terrible situation to add a cherry onto the shit cake that was this transfer window. So that yeah. being said, the number of departures that we had, uh, all inclusive, the number of sales that were made, we still got money from Inbam Huang. We got six million and we still could get another one and a half from Oleg Rybchuk. That's insane business. We finally got rid of Onyakuru, three and a half. That's about what we paid for him. Zinkernagel, we made two and a half. We paid two for Zinkernagel. We got a million off of Kane, who saw the field twice for us. Who cares? We moved Bukalakis. We got money for Bukalakis. Think about that. Ridiculous. We got some money for Butuzzi, who came in for next to nothing. So we've moved a lot of people on. Yes, we still have to get rid of Kunde. We still have Cisse sitting there. We still have uh, Lazar Radejevic, who technically we got money from the year before too. So that being said, we, the, I think the business has been about as good as it can be. If we can move on Kunde, Cisse, get some money for them, I don't care. And Lazar Radejevic, then, then this is good. Remember, Costa said it in many shows. I've said it. Other Costa said it. This is not a one-year project. This is at yep. least a two-year project. Preach. All of the hard shit has to be shoveled out now. And then with some of the money we made, we have some successes here. We then can build on that and really see what this team's about the coming year. But all that being said, for the time that we've had and what we've seen, you can't ask for more. It's as perfect as it gets considering the situation. So, it was way too good considering the situation. Way too good considering the situation, if I may. And, and with bringing that into the CB discussion, Costa, if I had to, you know, if I had to give a grade for the, for the transfer window, um, you know, I would, I would give this transfer window, uh, again, all things considered, I would give it in A minus. The reason I have a minus instead of an A is because I, like you already brought up before, I think we're weak at center back. I wanted a much better name for center back. We are so lucky that Retzos isn't hurt and that he had the lovely preseason that he had and he's become a star because if Retzos had defaulted to what we saw at the end of last season, this would be a tragedy and it would undo the project just because of how poor the center backs are. And 
and it's not that Freire is garbage. I'm not going to say that. He's not a garbage center back. But is he great? No, not from what I've seen so far. And some of the stuff that I worry about is the stuff I saw in the scouting report. That's what I worry about with Freire. Um, Porozo, Jackson Porozo is a talent. He's 20 years yeah. old. He look look. There's I, I there's a lot of good qualities, characteristics about the player, but he's not there yet. And the the then the problem is you only have Ndoy. Okay, mm-hmm. so and does does Doy really make anybody feel good when he's playing center back right now? No, is he? He's but, aggressive, but. Clean sheets on every, in every match he played with the Red Sox. In all of our three matches in Greece, clean sheets in all three of them. You are 100% right. All I'm saying is that Doi can get caught forward. He's not a pure center back. And there's a mm-hmm. reason why he's not going to be first choice alongside, unless Freire is hurt, unless Retos gets hurt. You're not, I'm not going to see that. We're not going to see that pairing a lot. So for me, the, the fact – oh, and, and Doi wasn't even on the list. For Europe, that was submitted. He was so, as a developmental, as a developmental exactly. talent. So, so he is in the he is in the list actually. B-list. Yeah. So Yorgo, yeah, true. Yeah, he is in the list. He's B list. You're right because technically yeah. he still counts as that. Uh, he's yeah. young enough. Um, yeah. So the only thing I could see here, if we don't sell Cisse, and then again, this is assuming that there's no bad blood. Assuming we don't sell Cisse, <laughs> we do have another option to carry us through the season but i don't know how that situation is going to be i don't know i i honestly don't believe cc has any part in this club anymore i don't yeah so it doesn't normally i'd say that's an option but i'm not sure and uh so the the d that's why i gave it an a minus because center back is the only part of this area of the only part of the roster where i am not a hundred percent Everywhere else, I feel like if you take a look back to last year, to this year, there's – oh, my God. We've got quality everywhere. Like even now with Jovetic. All right, El Kabi, not really – I'm not really so um, excited about him. El Rabi on the downturn. We've got Al Ghassim Ba in the wings. And Jovetic, his international break looked good enough for me. So uh, everywhere uh, shall else. We, shall, shall we mention – shall we explain what Jovetic did? Uh, first game of the international break against Lithuania, provided an assist. Today, against Bulgaria, he hit the post and he scored the big goal on the sixth minute that led to a 2-1 win for Montenegro that could push them to the Euros. So guys, I'm telling you, it, I understand why there's so much doubt on Jovetic, about Jovetic, but if he's healthy, he's going to make a lot of people eat those words raw and stone cold. That's who Stefan Jovetic is. Yeah. And so that's what I'm hoping. He can assist and build up. He, act- he can play very well as a false nine, which Diego Martinez doesn't necessarily use. But maybe the fact that he has that ability will assist us and build up and we'll see great things. I don't know. I, but we have options. We have, so, we have a lot of uh, versatility. And, and, and that part I'm excited about. We have great quality on the bench. Uh, I'm excited about a lot of these players. And we look good. Like, that's the thing. Last year, there weren't a lot of games where we actually looked like a team that could function together. In, in these games we played, especially in Greece, we looked like a functioning unit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Gank was our first two official games as a team, and we didn't even have all the pieces we have now. So we'll see, uh, we'll see how things go. We have our first real test, in my opinion. The first big test is coming up on Sunday, and that's mm-hmm. going to be against Ike. 
I'm excited for that. We'll see. Because that's a real litmus test. Ike, they haven't looked like the Ike of last year, in my opinion. I told you. I told you on the show. A bubble a bubble waiting to burst. That's who they are. And you are right. They they haven't made as many signings as I think they need to make. They are very vulnerable at the back. Very vulnerable at the back. So I would love to see how we match up now. Because this is an Ike team that hasn't looked so good to start the season. And... We have an Olympiacos that is on the uptick. As far as I'm concerned, having seen everybody play of the top teams, of course, for me, the way we're playing, we are the best team in Greece. Even with Panathinaikos playing how they played in Europe, we are playing the best football right now. And uh, we haven't seen a lot of our signings. We haven't seen Potense, we haven't seen Solbiken, we haven't seen Jovetic yet. Yep, not at all. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Uh, I'm definitely 100% uh, excited about that. Uh, Costa, I do want to hear your rate, yeah, your grade for the transfer window and um, what you think. Well, I mean, as always, you made some amazing points. I'm in the region of B plus uh, to A minus. Uh, same as you, I'm a little uh, worried about the uh, center back situation. You said it all there, nothing else to add. But also, like when it comes to attack, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of depth. But how do you fit all of them to your starting lineup and keep them happy? Because I'm thinking to myself, we see a lot of four-two-three-one. So, Solbiken on the on the right, Podence on the left, Fortunis in the hole, Jovetic up front. But then Pepiel is, for me, Pepiel is too good for the bench, man. How do you keep them happy? How do you keep all of those brilliant attacking players happy? All I can say is. This is a good problem to have. I'd rather have yeah. this problem than the problem of last year where we're like, we have three tens that can't play wide and they all are on top of each other. We can't score goals. We can't create opportunities. I would, I would rather have this problem because look at all. I mean, we, we, we have Podense back and I put out uh, and Masuras who right and now Masuras, is on fire. Yeah, he's absolutely, so right, absolutely right, George. I'm sorry, George. I'm sorry, George. But see, see, see what the problem is though. Yeah, but this is this is a good problem to have because there's a lot of competition and you need competition to make this work. Now, is is that going to, you know, create some bad feelings with some players? Undoubtedly. And that's going to have to be managed from by Diego Martinez. It's, he's going to have to manage that, but at the same time, players are going to have to play. This is cutthroat. This is you this is the players, the mentality that's being brought into this club is you have to fight. You're not just fighting to be on the pitch. You're fighting on the pitch. You're fighting in every aspect. You're fighting in training. You're fighting for everything. This is a mentality. There's no more loser mentality here. Nothing like last year. This, there's winners and fighters mentalities on this team. So everybody's going to have to work their asses off to get a shot. Everybody's going to have to work their asses off to stay on the field. And everyone has to work their ass off to win. Yeah. This is a better problem, in my opinion, to have than what we had last year. Too many complacent players that are expecting things. New. Absolutely not. I want no part of that. I'd rather have guys like Podense, who we know is a hard worker. Podense busts his butt. Say what you want about whether or not he, he offers something. I disagree with everybody that thought he wasn't great in his first time here. I put the stats out. Uh, he was the best in Greece, 90th percentile, 100th percentile. And up until this past season, he, he, was, he, was, the most, uh, he was the best progressive actor in England, maybe not the best, but one of the best in terms of progressive attacks, both progressive passes, progressive attacks. So I am happy 
that we have so much to offer at so many positions with so many different looks. And not just that, this isn't the first time that Diego Martinez in his career has done something like this. Every team he coaches, he's got a whole plethora of options, diverse options that can play in different types because he's going to adjust. Watch when we play Ike. We'll probably see a different system than we have seen so far against Kukarichka, against La Mia, against Atromidos, and against Panzeraikos. We're probably going to see a completely different scheme because he changes constantly. He's not a typical manager. It's just this is my formation and this is what I do. New. Every match, it's going to be something different, especially against better teams. He's going to adjust his tactics. And it's great for him to have versatile players and different types of players to be able to accommodate this type of thing. Uh, what about the midfield, though? Because Ike overwhelmed Olympiacos in all matches in midfield because of the diamond formation. How do you yes. see Olympiacos tackling this? Maybe a 4-3-3, a 4-2-3-1 where you see the wingers uh, helping, the, um, helping the midfielders in Maticamara and Santiago Eze. How do you tackle that this season? So, so I will say uh, where we saw uh, Huang and Baum get a little more exposed was against Ike or mm-hmm. teams in this respect. Huang and Baum was a genius in possession. He did so many great things for us when he had the ball, could turn the game around more or less by himself. But defensively, any time we played against Ike or any time we played against a team that had a functioning offense, he would look lost or isolated completely. And that's what Ike's diamond did to us. It just completely isolated him, and it completely hung us out the dry. This midfield is a different sauce than what we had last mm-hmm. year because Madi is better defensively than Inbom Huang. And, mm-hmm. and Madi, as we know, when he's on his day, is incredible, can turn a game around also in a different mm-hmm. way than in Bam Huang, but in his own way. Mm-hmm. We also have, and what you guys were beginning to see, Santiago Jose. Now, he's mm-hmm. a younger guy. He still needs some time to gel. But you guys started to see. He's already really about, good. The parts about, forget, forget, the fact, forget the fact that he has just a very clean touch. You saw the defensive part of what he can do, anticipating things how, and how he anticipates. And the better the understanding he gets with his partners, the better he will be in that respect. We have more mobile pieces in the midfield. Before, when we were going up against Ike, we had Jan and Villa, who is, you know, I, I, I like the guy. I respect him so much as a footballer, and he was a great distributor of the ball, but he wasn't the most mobile. Bukalakis, mm-hmm. same thing. And, and then I already brought up the weaknesses about Inbom Huang. It's a different, it's a completely different thing, different animal that we have right now. I see comments, people are talking about Ibora. I wouldn't be surprised to see Ibora start because he's a veteran yeah. with, with that mentality. Um, but we have more mobile pieces. We have a lot more fighters on this team than we did last year. And we're playing a lot better ball than we did before. As uh, and and as for the other areas of the field, we've got two fullbacks that overlap now. You mm-hmm. know, absolutely. Don't forget, guys. When did Rodinet come in? Mm-hmm. Rodinet hasn't been here a year, so Rodinet is it now is been in the team for a while, and we now have another person on the other side in Francisco Ortega, who 
just joining, of course, we've got overlapping. A lot of overlapping ability. We can now apply pressure that we couldn't apply last year. So we have a lot more things in our arsenal than we did to fight back against Ike this year. And that's something yeah. we can be excited about. Yeah, but I mean, first game for signings like Solbaken, like Jovetic, like maybe Omar Richards. Um, it's quite it's quite the baptism of by fire right there. Because you're not giving them a couple of games against the Lamias and the Atromitos to, right. you know, find their pace. They're they're facing against a favorite to win the league. Uh, whoever wins this game, if we have a winner at Nea Philadelphia, they're the ones who are going to set the tone this season. Yeah. And well, but I mean, how do you how do you introduce how do you ease Solbaken and Podense and the Jovetic in this game? Do you start them? Do you even start them? Well, Podense is the one that I don't think you have to worry about. He's been in this situation before. He's he's already played in it. He knows. He's got the experience already. Plus, he's just coming back from the Premier League, and I'm not worried about Podense. The other guys, yeah, maybe maybe mm. maybe you don't start. Maybe you don't start them. Maybe Hesse, you take it. Um, a little bit slower for um, maybe maybe you leave El Kabi on the bench, may or I mean see I wouldn't do that though either because I want his effort for I yeah. I want somebody pressing the ball maybe I, I like El Kabi for that game to start and, he could score yeah. as well maybe maybe I I I want him in that game to be pressing I want him pressing I want that that defensive work rate from him. Um, in that game, at least, of course, Masuras. You can't, you can't not play Masuras now. He's on fire. He presses. You know that as well. Madi has to play in this game. You know, the question for me is whether or not I want to blood Hesse. The, another question will be Ortega. Am I, am I really, am I going to trust Ortega, who we saw get a little bit too far forward in his debut with us, or I guess in in the in those minutes that he got already? I don't know. Um, now Solbakin, I'm. That's that's another tough one. I don't know if I start him at all. I stick with probably Fortunis and Masuras, to be honest with you. Even though that kind of seems a little bit one-dimensional, I'm starting with those two. Uh, we'll, we'll see We'll see how that goes. But I'm not taking too many risks in a derby. I'm going with the guys that I know, know, the, know what it's like to be in a derby. I'm playing the guys that are running their butts off, giving me that the that advantage on the on the press giving me the advantage on the defensive side of the ball because that's what we need then i'm blooding other guys depending how things go what about this collins guy that uh, ike brought brought in because that was the thing ike needed a center back since day one and they left it for the very last minute i don't know if collins will be ready for this game i i, I can see vita mukundi starting but do we know anything about him i don't know anything about him uh i'll be honest with you i i don't and i haven't really done I haven't done any homework yet because I haven't really spent any time analyzing Ike. I do plan on doing that uh, for sure. And uh, one other thing quickly um, while we're while we're sitting here at about 47 minutes in, uh, a lot of people mm -hmm. passing through the show already. Um, looks like uh, uh, well over 100 of you have already passed through. Uh, don't forget, boys and girls, hit that, hit that like button. Like and subscribe. Help us find more Olympiacos fans around the world. And uh, another thing I'm doing for the Aikolibiakos game, no matter what happens, I will be doing the enhanced analysis, which will be available on Patreon. So I will be, as, as it leads up to the game, analyzing Ike, looking at what's going on with them. But you're, you're absolutely right. They have been running this, this back line with, with Vida and Mukudi. And, and I'll be honest with you, they, it, doesn't look, it doesn't look good. It doesn't mm -hmm. look good at all. 
And that's what kind of gives me a little bit more hope that we can do something. Now, if they Madalos got a red card in the last game. Yeah, he can't play with Olympiacos. So, yeah, I don't think he'll be able to play. Not that that's that big of a loss, to be honest with you. And don't forget, their, their starting right back right now is Lazarus Rota. So... Uh, they don't exactly look amazing there either. On the left back, the against Volos, they played with Haji Safi. So mm-hmm. I don't know how... And then they have Europe to think about too. So very th- tough this, is, this is... It's going to be very tough for them. They have a lot of decisions that are going to be, that are going to be made. But um, if, if, they're, if they're sticking with Vida and Mukudi because um, Combs isn't ready... I like that, and it's gonna be that's gonna be where our the vulnerability is, and that's where we're gonna have to attack. And I said in the show quite a few times last season, uh, their source of strength came from Aya Sofia. the The fact that they were unbeaten, no, but nobody shall pass. This is this is the castle. This is nobody can go through until Olympiacos beaten. But even though even after Olympiacos beaten, they didn't crumble. That was their only loss last season at home. But this season, they've played three home matches across all competitions, zero victory in those home matches. And it it does seem like their confidence is a little hurt right there, Mm because you look at at teams like Dinamo Zagreb, you look at Panzeraikos, you look at Antwerp, none of them are world beaters. It's not like they brought Real Madrid in there. No. It's not the same. It's not the same. They're missing that. They're missing that, uh, that home field advantage that they felt. Yes. That and then don't forget, it's not a hundred percent sure that Levi Garcia will be ready for this match either. So, mm-hmm. and Levi Garcia is such a huge part of them. It's a, such a huge part of their team and their goal contributions. Not that they can't, they don't play well without him, but still, not having Levi Garcia is is huge. Um, uh, Costa, I think we need to address this Carvalho thing because people yeah, keep let's do it. talking about Carvalho. <laughs> Um, uh, Yatru, uh, George Yatru, Carvalho really needed to go. He's dead weight. Alice Galamatis, he's in the Europa list, while Brinic is not. Chris T, mm-hmm. Carvalho does not belong to this team. Uh, I'm in agreement with all of you. I, you know, Carvalho is a preseason hero. <laughs> he looks great in preseason, but then, like, when the real stuff comes, he's just, he, t- it, he takes two steps back. I don't know what it is. Um, we have heard that he trains well. Mm-hmm. and mm, a lot of coaches if you train well that means a lot so I, that that's what i got well I, I i met joao carvalho last year he's a really nice guy a uh, bit shy but you know yeah. that's not a bad thing being shy he is really he's a really nice guy though um the way i see it i think he fits into Diego Martinez's idea of turning his um, his formation into a 4-4-2, 4-4-3-3 kind of thing. That's why he's being used. But as, as for Brinitz, I'm also disappointed uh, because he looks like a very like a very promising uh, player, promising young player. And it just brings back memories of all the other promising young players Olympiacos brought in and they went nowhere. So that brings bad memories. Uh, I like to th- I'd like to think that at least this time with Cordon, and Diego Martinez in charge. Uh, it's going to be different. That this time it's really about investment and patience and waiting this out and preparing him for next season, grooming him for next season, like it happened with Costas Zolakis. Uh, so I, I, so yeah, it doesn't look good based on 
based on history and precedent. But it's a new day, you know, like we said, Cordon is the boss, guys. He's the boss right now. So it's, and he has a great, a rich track record of turning uh, young players into global stars. So let's see. Yeah, and the, here's the one silver lining, or I'll say the caveat with, with Ivan Brinic. And it's, it, it's a couple of things, first of all. Um, the one, the only explanation that I can find for why, or the, I should say the only explanation that I can think of as for why Brinic would be left off the European list for Carvalho is that Carvalho can also play as a deeper midfielder. Yeah. And we right now are not the most deep in that position. Let's be honest, not just in terms of the, the position as a whole with, with midfielders, but in the, in terms of playmaking, like once you lose Mahdi, you don't have a deep lying playmaker anymore. You don't Carvalho in a way can do that. I'm not, we saw it in preseason. We've seen it in the past. Not that I think it's the really the best use of his talents, but look, that's probably why he was included. The silver lining with Brinich is, one, the only reason he was left off the list is because we got Podense. If we don't mm. get, if we don't get Podense, he's on the list. Two, he just so he just turned twenty-two. Um, he turned twenty-two uh, August twenty-third. So he signed a four-year contract with us. He may or may not go out on loan. I, I expect he'll stay. Maybe play some games in Greece. Depending how he does, he can always join the list again in the winter. But I'm not I'm not super upset about how that part about Brinich for now. Because no. I think he, he's 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 a younger guy and I'm not super worried about it. Um this is a good comment from Aris Galamatis. Um says uh, at Ari we don't have an Orbais or Envila by Cordon and Martinez choice, I assume. Yeah, well, yeah. I, well, I what about say. Eze? What about Ibora? Those two number so, sixes. They were both Cordon and Martinez. Well, I, but I think he means in that mold. And Ibora's not that mold. But Hesse is... From what we've seen, and he's only 21. From what we've seen, it's not him. But can he develop into that? He has the talent. Mm -hmm. the, but that see, like... What he's talking about, what Aris Galamatis is talking about, like what what Mari has, what Orbaith had, what uh, what Invila could do, uh, the, the, that that type of vision, the stuff that Huang and Bomb can do, you can't. I don't think you can teach that, in my in my opinion. That's something where you either have that that vision, that um, um, what, what's the word I'm looking for, Costa. Um, anyway, mentality, character, mentality. It's no, maybe it is just vision. It's just like the way they see the field, the way Jan and Vila could see the wheel, the field and just put it wherever he want, that kind of thing. It's, it has it. I think if anybody else has the talent to do it, he can do it. But you know, right now after Madi, you don't have any other creative deep mids. That's it. Plain and simple. Has would be your only hope that he can do that. Well, I, I thing, like I like that the artist. I like that the artist. Well, the thing is uh, that uh, this podcast has does have a, a keyword, and that's called Hell Week. Two keywords. Uh, if you put them together, it becomes one. Uh, and that is because Olympiakos also have Freiburg on Thursday, yeah. this coming Thursday. That's the team that 
spanked Olympiakos at the Georgios Karaskakis 3-0 and uh, uh, basically got a point uh, and they could have won if it wasn't for Paschalakis' heroics. So it is interesting to wonder how is Diego Martinez going to... Or maybe not, because then again, maybe Diego Martinez will choose to hold back on the likes of Solbaiken and Jovetic and maybe Podense to play them against Freiburg. It is very interesting to see how he's going to address that, because Olympiacos will go hard in the Europa League this season. They do want to go through. The Conference League is not good enough, especially with that squad. Uh, but then again, you've got to beat Ike. You've got to beat Ike to set the tempo. It's very interesting to see what happens. But I'll tell you this, if Olympiacos somehow manage to beat both Ike and Freiburg, we're in for something. If they do that, I'm going to go on record. I'm going to say we're going to see something extremely special this season. Extremely oh, yeah. special. Oh yeah. Are you kidding me? If we if we beat Ike and then beat Freiburg in that in that same sequence, oh my goodness. It's it, it, you're you're looking at just an upswing in all facets of everything in Libyakos in terms of roster value, player values, the 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 high from the mentality of the club. Everybody's going to be extremely motivated. Everybody's going to be in that in that headspace. That would be magical if that was the case. So, but you know, one game at a time. We look at exactly. Ike. Let's just focus on that. See what happens, and then we move to Freiburg after that. Regardless what happens, honestly, I wouldn't be upset. And people might get upset with me for saying this. If as long as we play well against Ike, uh, and and even if we lose, but we're like the dominant force, I'm I'm still that's that's still good for me because you know what maybe we lost that, but the fact that the team was playing great and not playing like crap, that's a different story. It kind of makes me think of you know when we beat Ike in Aya Sofia, right? But we we really got three great like counter opportunities and we scored those goals, but Ike was on us the whole game, nonstop. That's yep. the kind of thing that like I'm talking about. Like if we were on the other end of that, would it suck to lose? Yes, but if we're the dominant force, I know that when we meet Ike the next 5 times during the season, that we're probably going to beat them three three more times. You know, the other 3, the other 4 times out of the season. That's what I mean by that. So Of course. And on that note, I think we're going to wrap it up cuz uh it is very late and uh, uh we got to bounce. Uh, obviously, guys, don't forget to like and subscribe and help the, help the channel grow. It really, really helps us to bring you even more exciting things. Uh, join us on Patreon, where you're going to be getting a lot of cool uh, and exclusive, uh, and exclusive uh, material. Uh, we have the, uh, we have the, uh, the interview coming up, Adi. Uh, anything else you can tell the, uh, the fans about the interview? Um, so the one thing about the interview is it will be done in Spanish. Um, I had to do all the questions in Spanish um, because, um, you know, he doesn't speak Spanish or he doesn't speak English. He only speaks Spanish. We will translate into English and into Greek. Um, and then from that, we will let the auto translate from YouTube do the rest of its thing for the other languages. So it will be something. And again, this is going to be available on Patreon. So for the patrons. And for anybody that's interested, you can join us on Patreon. You'll be able to see it there. And uh, we're really excited for that interview. A lot of great insights you can get from a former president of a club. We're really excited to learn a lot of stuff from him. And then big shout out to Costa because it is now like 2.30 in the morning in Greece. He's a trooper doing this uh, Sunday night at 2.30. So Costa, you're a legend. No, well, the thing is you're a legend, Adi. Uh, same for Costas with the C and uh, Martial and... Uh, 
Labros, the truth is like I've, um, I've lost uh, touch, I've lost contact, a lot of things happened and I really missed you guys. Uh, you're going to be seeing a lot more of me, I promise you guys, because I love this, I love you, uh, I, love the, I love this initiative, I love our crowd. And uh, guys, I'm going to be giving you my all. This season is going to be amazing, both uh, in and on, both in and off the pitch. Fantastic. Well, boys, there you have it. This is Gate 7 International, by the fans, for the fans. And we will see you all next time. Go,